0: As we head towards the finish line in this Ontario election campaign, what has the role of the media been? i got to play one thing here for you. You know, the, one of the one of the bits, one of the narratives throughout this campaign has been, where you at, Doug Ford? Uh, the Conservative campaign has kept uh, Doug Ford largely under wraps. Now, he has been available. Uh, he has answered questions, but not as much as his, as his opponents and especially after the deadly storm that blew through the province over the May-long weekend, there was concern about, well, there on the Monday, on the holiday Monday, Doug Ford just said, well, I'm out main streeting, I'm out knocking on doors, and there was no location given. And our Sean O'Shea said, well, this is a story, this is this is something that we're going to have to do because I think it needs to be, it needs to be part of the narrative of this election campaign. And later that day, uh, Sean O'Shea um, uh, got news that Doug Ford would be touring some of the devastation in Uxbridge. And here's part of Sean O'Shea asking questions of Doug Ford. wondering why you're not releasing your campaign schedule to the media, why you're not letting people know precisely where you're you know going.
1: Something? Well, I'm out there every single day. I don't know if you, you're you there, but I know where not worry. Global, you're there all the time. So we look That's not what I you're. asked sir. Well, I know, but I'm just saying I'm out every single day. Uh, You're welcome to be there. And uh, for political campaigns
0: in Ontario for 35 years, leaders of all stripes, including sitting premiers, have released where they're going, who they're going to talk to. Why do you not do that? Anyways,
1: again, I'm out every single day. I think it's a very clear message where we stand.
0: That is uh, Sean O'Shea Global Sean O'Shea speaking with Doug Ford. And I play that because how else do you tell the story of a politician who is leading in the polls, who is perhaps not making themselves available? Is that how you, that that's how you tell that story. Exactly like that. Uh, my next guest is a lecturer on media ethics and former director of the journalism program at the University of Toronto Scarborough campus, Jeffrey Jvorkin. Welcome to the program. Thanks, good to be with you. I appreciate uh, your, your insight and what kind of role do you think the media has played? I just gave one example there, but overall in the campaign.
1: Well, kudos to Sean O'Shea for trying to hold Doug <laughs> Fort's, Uh, political feet to the fire. I mean, the Premier's been playing, he's the peekaboo Premier in this election campaign. And I have to say that whoever has designed the campaign for the Conservatives has done a brilliant job. They've allowed Ford to appear at a certain remove. Uh, He doesn't get involved in the details. He's not a detailed kind of guy. And uh, this has worked very well. And that has left the two or three opposition parties kind of floundering and trying to figure out ways in which they can nail him down. But uh, the Tories have decided, first of all, that no candidate will be at an all-candidates meeting because they don't want to clean up any messes that are left behind by a a politician or the premier who might uh, say something that needs to be corrected. So what they've done is they've run a kind of a antiseptic campaign where nothing, they're they're not saying anything that will allow them to be critical or to be criticized. And I think that we've seen this, uh, normally the party leaders come to the Toronto Star for an editorial board meeting where all the journalists can come in everything's on the record. Ford has said he wouldn't attend. It's the first time that's happened. The other thing, uh, Ford has said he wouldn't appear on TV Ontario with Steve Pakin. This is the first time that that's happened. All the other leaders have been there willing to be held accountable, which is what the media, what journalism is supposed to do. And this is a time when uh, the Tories have been playing hide and seek with the media. And uh, according to the polls, it seems to be
0: working. Uh, Ford also has not responded to our request for Focus Ontario Uh, And for Global News, I will say that Stephen Del Duca has not been able to make himself available yet during this electoral cycle as well. But Doug Ford, it does seem to be more of a a policy. Last night, I moderated uh, candidates debate in Beaches, East York, and no conservative there. So, you know, that lines up with what you're talking about as well. But isn't that just smart campaigning? Isn't that just what that is?
1: Well, in fact, I think it's the wave of the future. Uh, because as media organizations are feeling the pinch economically and culturally in in Canada, um, it's not worth, I'm speaking, thinking about how a political organizer would think of this. It doesn't make any sense for a political leader who's actually not particularly at ease with the media for, for that person to be exposed to hard questions, and there are a lot of hard questions that uh, the media has tried to ask uh, the the Ford government, the Ford campaign, um, how uh, Ford handled First Nations. Uh, There were some uh, indigenous educators who came to Toronto thinking that they were gonna help redesign the curriculum. Uh, That meeting was canceled at the last minute. Um, they're, they've killed the, the government has killed liberal, the old liberal incentives for electric cars, even though, um, Ford appeared at a, at a plant in Southwestern Ontario, claiming that, uh, the government was behind the electrification of motor vehicles. All of these things has allowed him to kind of tap dance away from the media and, and not make any Big mistakes. Uh, a colleague of mine in upstate New York just posted on Twitter a press conference by a local politician where it was called a press conference, but the press were excluded. So it was basically just an announcement. I'm going to. I think we're going to have to figure out ways in which uh, you and the media and those of us who are are big fans of journalism are going to have to figure out ways in which politicians can be held more to account uh, than they have been more recently. And I think that one of the things that- I'll just,
0: I'll just interrupt for a second and just say I, one of the worst developments has been over the course of the pandemic, with all the questions being uh, virtual. Now it is all question and follow up. You don't get to build on a, a on a theme on a, You don't get to be able to press. You don't get to shout. You don't get to, none of the things that's often kept politicians to account. Being able to build on a, a theme and questions from other reporters. That's all gone now.
1: Exactly. You're exactly right. And what's happened is, is that election campaigns used to be have a high entertainment quotient. What's going to happen? Who's going to say what? Who's going to backtrack? Who's going to backpedal? That's gone now. What we're in is a much more rigorous, uh, controlled environment for journalism and for the public. It's not good for democracy.
0: Uh, Jeffrey, great to talk with you. Appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thanks. Uh, That's Jeffrey Dvorkin, who is a lecturer on media ethics and the former director of the journalism program at the University of Toronto's Scarborough campus.